It's Wednesday, December 8th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 225. How's it going? 225? 225. That's like a, that's sort of a special number, you know? Deuce, deuce like, nickel. It's like a quarter of the way through the 200. <laughs> nickel. So, uh, yep. It's going good, you know? We're on 225. It's great. My uh, my one note changed colors on its own. I don't actually know why. It must be a Windows 11 why? thing. It's like it's like oh, no. black and green. Yeah, dark mode, baby. Okay. You know, so Mine's we'll take purple. it. Nice. Yeah, so good. Yeah, we got a color change in one note. It's a good day. <laughs> it's a great day. Everything's great. Oh, except for still not having gas at my house. That's not great. So I don't, what's the gas thing? When did the, I don't had know a gas leak. This. Like, I had you gas seen on the show? actually had a lot of gas leaks. Uh, have you seen on the is, news like cool, houses right? blowing up because of gas I mean, leaks? That was almost my I mean, house. I've heard yeah. of that. Yeah, I, I to rehash what Aaron and I talked about last time. My wife was outside uh, putting up some Christmas lights and she smelled the gas. And so she called Atmos, our gas provider, and they came out. And sure enough, there's a leak uh, right behind the meter going into the main house. No. And so they cut our gas off. Awesome. And and of course it was right behind the meter because if it was right in front of the meter that's Atmos's problem. Uh, right, right behind the meter yeah. that's my problem. Uh, <laughs> so they cut the gas off. It's your also, I, I learned something very valuable in this process. Don't call your gas provider. Call a plumber because a plumber can also turn your gas. You can turn your own gas off. I was out of town. Uh, Elizabeth was not comfortable turning off gas. Uh, and to be honest, I probably wouldn't have thought of it either. But now, having gone through this, you either call a plumber, you cut your own gas off, but then a plumber can just fix it and turn your gas back on. Now, a plumber has to fix it and then talk to Atmos. And Atmos will turn it back on at that point. Scope of our repair is probably going to require city inspection as well. So I can totally oh tell that gosh. I'm going to have gas soon. But yeah, it, it got worse because they showed up. They sort of assessed that, uh, you know, I call it a major leak. It was a pinhole from corrosion on that that line. Major enough to smell, though. Yay for the sense they put into the, the gas so we can smell that delicious sulfur. But they fixed that and then pressurized all my gas lines. And that's where we found lots of other tiny leaks in the house. None of them substantial enough to have set off carbon monoxide alarms or anything like that. But like half of my appliances are basically leaking at uh, points. So, boo. It's, you know, this it makes me nervous. Uh, I learned the other day, I was driving my daughter around a neighborhood here in Prosper. And I, I was like, hey, this is where daddy's friend used to live. Or this is where daddy's friend's parents live. And I drove my, by my buddy's old house. And I noticed a house or a lot available next to them. And there hasn't been a lot available in this neighborhood for 25 years. And so I was like, this looks odd. So I texted my friend and he goes, oh yeah, they installed an outdoor fireplace and uh, there was a gas leak. And three hours after it was installed, the house was entirely burned down to the ground. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just terrifying. And, and so you have this problem. They had this problem. Well, I have an outdoor fireplace that is gas and it has never worked since we moved into the house and it is the, mm -hmm. the next item to be fixed in the house. Very concerning. And I'm nervous yeah. about the problems with which this might cause. Cause we also have a lot of appliances that are gas based within the house. You know what, though? Two gas fireplaces, like, et cetera. I, I, this, this is eye opening, right? My house was built in the seventies, uh, late seventies, I think 79. So it, it's been around for a while. Uh, some of the leaks were on a furnace in my attic that was installed mm -hmm. recently, right? I had to replace an AC unit and replace the furnace as well. And so it was hooked back up, you know, that, that obviously wasn't done well or right. But I think the lesson that I learned is despite the high cost of doing so getting a proper leak check on all your your gas lines is probably just something you should do when you move into a house or after you do any major work like that technically a plumber that's working on your gas line should do a leak test right afterwards anyways right. but i'm tempted at this point given what we found in the house because of this fairly major leak that if i ever buy another house again i'm going to just proactively cut the gas off, have a plumber leak test, pay the 500 plus dollars they want for it, and and just identify all of these kinds of things like day one instead of, you know, surprise a year later. Yeah, I think I'm going to probably do that soon just because I, yeah. I don't know. This this doesn't let me sleep easy at night uh, hearing all these problems. Gas is scary. Gas uh, sorry is you're scary. going through that. Yeah, it's kind of lame. Not having hot water is uh, super lame, actually. And then our, our stove in our kitchen is actually gas. So not having that has also been a pain. Mm. Yeah, no hot water. 
Oh my! That's uh, no fun. Yeah, yeah. it's only. I mean, it's especially this time of year. Not like thirty degrees. Oh, oh, yeah. it gets better too, because I have one electric hot water heater uh, actually in my garage. We're not going to get into that, but since I moved in, that heater has caused problems. Place. It's not that fancy, uh, but it is big. <laughs> <laughs> but that electric water heater I knew was like riddled with issues and it's just kind of a ticking time bomb. So I noticed that it was overflowing, probably overheating among other things. So I unplugged it, but you can like see the corrosion. So it was just ready to go. And then I was thinking, you know what? Maybe it's worth getting up there, plugging the thing back in just to have a hot shower and not bug a neighbor or whatever we're going to do as an alternative. And it turns out I wasn't the first person to have this idea. My my awesome neighbor also did. And he got up there and looked at it and he touched one of the pipes. I mean, just like barely touched it. And the fitting at the top basically just crumbled and it started leaking, right? <laughs> oh, and and wow. so he sends me he sends me a video and he's just like, hey, FYI, this is your water heater in the garage now. And I'm like, oh no, that's really bad. So it's got a pan uh, and it's leaking outside. So it wasn't catastrophic immediately, but I don't have a water cut off to my garage at all. In fact, I, I have just my main, which is stupid of all the cool things whoever what? built this place. Of all the things they thought of, that one was not one of them. So I cannot independently turn off the water to my shop. And so, you know, I had to go like yesterday in just a, a sprint after work. I get to Home Depot. I get the fittings. You know, we take a sawzaw to the to the uh, you know the the, the um, copper pipes that are going into it. Of course, I have to cut the water off to my house. So now I have no water, not just hot water. <laughs> and I'm up there trying to, you know, basically the horror of shark bite fittings, just get it so that I can put a valve on the inlet to a water heater that is about to explode. So it's been a really fun week. Well, I'd like to formally <laughs> announce that we've now become home repair breakfast podcast. Uh, so. I've been watching a lot of home improvement lately, by the way. Phenomenal show still holds up today. What? Um, so I think I can get behind this. You really have? You've really been watching yeah, dude. episodes Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. Yeah. I love great. that. I love it. It's I, I, great I also show. love that. And, yeah. I, and I actually enjoy doing most of this work, just not when it's, uh, well, forced upon me and, yeah. and not on my terms. I, did I don't even fix. think I would mind fixing some of my, my gas lines, to be honest. I don't have the equipment to do the pressure test afterwards, though, so I'm not going to do that. That feels, <laughs> that feels aggressive and involved. Yeah. It was enough, it was enough for me to have funny. to... Yeah. But it, that's that could true. be a sub. That is not meant Tyler's to be offensive life. to all of the plumbers out there because it is pretty intense. <laughs> Guess how many plumbers <laughs> listen to our show, Tyler? Zero. Guess how many? Thirty-five. <laughs> but speaking of plumbing, cool. I did get my toilet fixed, and it made me think because it was it was some uh, rubber gaskets up under the tank. Right. It made me think, yeah. gosh, you know the way these things just kind of the rubber just deteriorates over time uh, with water. It's like you really should change these like every five yep. years. Yep. So, have you have you ever heard the uh, rule of technology? Of or, Should we talk about technology? Nope. Nope. Yeah. How much further are we going to dive do it into in this. a spreadsheet? Yeah. Anyways, gotta, when when you're you looking at buying a house, spreadsheet? Are yeah, you see, kidding? Now it's now it's That's technology. That's the qualification. There What's it is. The Boom. We we bridged the gap. No. Um. It the idea that <laughs> like home ownership, you should plan, and and there's the key: plan on roughly one percent of the cost of the property in maintenance annually. Yeah, and nope. and that if if you're tracking that and you're actually bucketizing it or you know setting it off to the side, at a minimum, I I'm not sure mine has ever been that low, which is sad. But if if one percent of the home is there, then when your AC units inevitably die, when you have a multi-thousand dollar gas leak in your house, when the you know if you have a pool, it it goes sideways and you have to resurface the dang thing for ten grand. Like all of these things nope. over the the term of ownership. Yep. Will roughly equate out to one percent. What do you, you think? You Russ buy a new home? house every six years. <laughs> every that's six right, years, that's right? Which is what every I do, and <laughs> and you're fine. You're you fine go. with that. So it's so that, always that's new, like one and a half percent. Yeah, and then because sure, for oh, the first actually, two no, or three years, years yeah. the builder's going to fix everything for you because you make this long ass ridiculous list because your friend is a home <laughs> inspector yeah, and you get them to commit to it in the the twelfth month of your first year, and then you just you know they just fix it over the course of like you know two or three years and you're good. So for <laughs> I, three years, I think the math you know, still you're works. on the hook for stuff. 
You got roughly 3% buyer and seller fees on the, the buying and selling side, ignoring all the costs of moving, which why not? Let's do that. Then it's at least a percent a year. An <laughs> I'm sure there's people out there that don't even change the air filters. They just buy a new house. Oh my God. I change my air filters every three months. So since yeah, we're talking about home repair, maybe we can talk about auto as well. Whenever I throw my car in reverse, I get the engine knock. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> if I beat my horn twice, then the knocking goes away. But Hey, speaking of knocking in cars, though, I did have a very fun experience this weekend of towing a one-ton van that somebody was using as like van life camper on a beach out of about three feet of loose, dry sand. I've seen it. An, epic three-quarter ton uh with like 80 something uh excursion it was so fun i've seen the video that's, it. it's, that's my whole story it's really that's it a good story <laughs> i want i want today in tech history though <laughs> <laughs> okay the bite shop opens december 8th paul terrell opens the bite shop one of the first what? retail computer stores in the world BYT. besides that in yeah, B-Y-T-E, yes, you got it. Uh, besides that important distinction, so again, the important distinction is one of the first retail computer stores in the world, uh, okay. Paul Terrell and the Byte Shop are most famously known for ordering the first 50 computers from Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak's fledgling Apple computer company. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you the year. As the story goes, the Steve's... Uh, initially intended the Apple One to be a kit where buyers would solder together the chips into the circuit board themselves. Terrell requested that instead they deliver fully assembled computers as he was having trouble selling other kits to people who couldn't put them together themselves. By insisting on a fully assembled computer, even though the Apple One still lacked a case, power supply, and keyboard, Terrell helped shape the future direction of Apple and the entire personal computer industry. The Apple II was the first personal computer to be manufactured and sold as completely assembled units, making them accessible to the average user. I still wouldn't call people that had computers in these years average users, but anyway, uh, thus igniting the personal computer revolution. What year are we talking about when the Byte Shop opens? Oh, geez. 83. Like 88, 89? No, that is too late. Maybe 87? That's a good year. You sticking with it? 1975. Whoa, way off. Yep. In, uh, do you want to guess really? the? Do you want to guess the the state, or maybe even the city that it was opened in? The bite shop. Mm-hmm. Saskatchewan, Oregon. Town. Okay. I don't know if a that's fishing town. You just said fishing. Town. Okay. That's. Uh, I, I feel View, like California. it should be in a fishing town. That's that's Mountain that, that makes a lot more sense. Mountain View fishing there. Oh, make right. no sense. Uh, I'm so so. <laughs> when was Palo Alto, the brother? It's when, right next to Palo Alto. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there. I stand by my statement. But I like the uh, I still like Valley. the pond. It opened in Silicon Valley. When did the Apple One no release? Sense. That don't make no sense. Um, that don't make no sense. Get out of here. So, so he so the Apple One came out in '76, and that's when they bought. And when it did the Apple Two release? Yeah. Oh. Mm. 1977? 75? 77. He's doing the Apple that's II. Off by like a decade then. Yeah. Because I was thinking, I, I was I've trying to think here like 80s when I time. saw an Apple II for the first time, and I feel like it it was in that late 80s period. But that, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. I obviously. thought mid 80s. I really did. I, uh, yeah. 70s is blowing my mind right now. That's yeah. true. That's, yeah. a, that's a fair comment. 70s early. 1975. Well, you're going to learn today. And that just happened. <laughs> Got him. Yeah, it did. Hey, uh, did y'all catch any of the details on the AWS outage for like six and I don't know six hours yesterday or something like that? I did. Do you, you hear why like US East One or whatever was down for no ever what happened? I haven't seen the uh, well, like Disney I was did. down. I, I know it was disrupted. Netflix was, it was down. Lame. McDonald's, yeah, McDonald's. I, I provided a comment down. to media Amazon outlets music. for it. Yeah, Anchor.fm was down. I mean, like so much stuff was down. So did, did know, the, I did not see the excuse. Why we have we have a general it? idea um, why. So the the error in uh, US East One was actually API and console related. So there was an error related to the API uh, aspect. Like that's what was causing problems. Okay. The reality behind the scenes, though, was it seemed to, it seemed to be a network level issue. Where the the best way I could describe it was it, it was behavior like a DDoS. I mean, effectively, they showed they said that there are some network devices that were that received a large spike in traffic 
Mm -hmm. uh, and that large spike in traffic basically started causing all sorts of latency spikes and packet loss in various services within AWS. So not just like customer applications, but like the, you know, application and platform uh -huh. services within AWS that other applications leverage. So it causes, it caused all sorts of problems, you know, all throughout anyone who oh. leveraged those services. Dude, I just realized, okay, so this outage, it caused Amazon's internal apps to go down as well. So it cut right. off like delivery driver communication, yeah. stalling warehouse Even robots. Even the store, the store so, had problems too. Yeah. And I was supposed to get, um, I guess I was supposed to get the thing that the, to fix my toilet yesterday. Didn't get it till today because of that. That's weird. Okay. Yeah. That's weird. Dude, it, it's amazing. You know, when I when I got the notification, because you know, we're we're trying to communicate with customers because we we manage yeah. a lot of you know AWS stuff. And so it's like, what you know, what do we know? What do we not know? And it it was amazing how many things are affected every single time <laughs> there is an issue yeah. on the east coast of AWS. It's, Venmo was down. Cash App was down. Roku was yeah, down. I, uh, it's concerning, Ring, to be doorbell. honest. I mean, Everything. you know, John. John oh, said it well. Right. We were made a comment on Twitter uh, about you know the decentralization of the internet, and then John was like, "True." Until AWS has a singular outage in like one you know town, and half the internet yeah. goes down, and it's you know it's it's yeah. the reality. Like we've taken a highly decentralized you know, technology that we've created and distributed around the world. And we've centralized it as much as we possibly can, because right. that's what we do as humans. Like right. that's, that's exactly that's what has happened thing. with, with AWS, you know, is, and it's, it's, there's concerns there. There's ways to mitigate it. I'll leave them out here, but that's, that's something that is definitely every time it happens. I think about it every single time, how much mm. we've centralized a decentralized, you know, technology so over, funny. over, so overall. True. Yeah. Well, that was interesting. It was, it was fun seeing seeing some of the stuff on that yesterday. All right, what else y'all got? Or I'm just going to throw stuff at you. I got a thing. Uh, did you guys see? And look, I, you know, I, I sort of hesitate to bring this up because I'm going to get blasted because it's it's amazing how much people defend this company. But did you guys see the leaked 275 billion dollar deal that Tim Cook made with China? Yes. Yes. Like with not, not just like with a company the in China, yes. but with China. the government with of China. China to develop their technology further. I was livid when I read this. Yep. Like I just and this is you know honest Tim has a fiduciary responsibility to the shareholders of Apple to drive up the value of the company. This deal most certainly does that. Tim is doing his job. What makes me angry, once again, is not just this behavior. I, I don't like that. But just the when I read the comments of this, I thought to myself, this is indefensible. Mm -hmm. But it's on Apple Insider or Mac Rumors. And it's like everyone's like, this is good. Good job. Good job, Tim. Let's go. I, if Google does this, people lose their minds. Mm -hmm. Why does this double standard exist? Is the marketing that strong? I don't get it. This blows my mind that anyone saw this outside of, obviously, China as a positive thing. Do you understand the implications of this from this other governments? Thing? Yes, dude. Go read the positive? comments on Mac Rumors. I'll read them for you while we're That's here. The top comment. Here's a crazy thought. How about investing in the country in which your company is based out of? Offensive, I know, not feasibly about it. And they're talking about it. And the guy right underneath him says, let's go, Tim. China is very important to being able to deliver Apple's products. Like the first guy is saying, please invest in America. And the guy responds next to him and says, but China is the reason why our products are great. And it's just, it's just baffling to me that these things ha are, are being said. And I, I just... You know, Google, trust me, Google wants to work in China. They do. They've tried. They failed multiple times. They've had to pull yeah. Google China out. They even had, it was years ago, 18, 19, something like this. They tried to uh, do some sort of subsidiary company that was under a different name to be able to go do this. But they are trying to work just when, within the economy of China, and they keep failing because they're not making deals with the Chinese government. Like Tim was failing, so he went and made a deal with the Chinese yeah. government. And as and an was, American company, this yeah, is right. insane to me. Yeah. I just can't. I just can't fathom how this is an okay thing. 
it just yeah the, the deal was made back in 2016 just now coming to light um, and it says it's yeah. a five-year deal so maybe it's you know maybe the deal's over but i mean they're talking <laughs> about look i have i have comments here it's like they say they want the most advanced Apple agrees to help the Chinese government and manufacturers develop the most advanced manufacturing technologies, right. support the training of high quality Chinese talents and Slave use labor. more components <laughs> from Chinese suppliers, sign deals with, sign with Chinese software firms and collaborate in research with Chinese universities and directly invest in Chinese tech companies. This, oh, in the last one, as well as assist with around a dozen Chinese government causes. That's Unreal. your savior that well, you worship as a company world. It drives me insane. This isn't advocating for any other company. It's just once again, an indictment against the absolute infallible nature with which people treat the company of Apple. And I don't get it. This is insane. I can't, I, I can't believe I'm reading this. It's, and it's, Tim got it's what he absurd. wanted. The, the iPhone just became the top selling smartphone in China. There you go. Wonder which is wow. now their second biggest market after the U.S., right? There so. you go. Way to go, Tim. That's Once again, honestly, bravo to Tim for doing his job. I don't agree with it, but he did his job, and it's you know his company's a two trillion dollar company, and I, you know I'm I'm a and person Apple who applauds business success. Yeah. But you know it's just amazing. Like it's just the brand of the company allow he will this will he will survive this, and probably you said they hit a new high today. And Google would be just plastered against a wall and set on fire over something like this. And I don't get it. I just don't understand. And I'm not asking for yeah. it be okay for Google to go do this because I don't want them to do it. I especially mm -hmm. don't want Google to do it because they have it's what's well, crazy. It'd be a bigger problem. Just, they could have just left China, right? But China was pissed because they didn't feel like Apple was doing enough to help the, the Chinese economy. Correct local economy, right? Yep. So he went out there in 2016, series of in-person meetings, and made a big promise. I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to list off everything you just listed, but yeah, it's just crazy. It's it's wild. Yeah, it really is. I don't. I just, I just don't get it. And, uh, and, it, and you it know, makes I, you I'd love to sit in a room with him and just talk about it. You know, yeah. for and an it hour. makes you wonder if they brought those, if they if they brought that manufacturing back to the U.S. I mean, how much more is the iPhone going to be? But even outside of that, right, it's not so much even that. It's the the fact that he wanted to become, well, I have to assume he wanted to become the top-selling smartphone in China as well, right? Another massive oh, market. Yeah, absolutely. He's not worrying about the the political aspect of this. And maybe he should, maybe he shouldn't. I don't know. I'm not in his position. I And, and I, look, I'm not the most political person in the world, but there are implications to decisions that you make. It's the same thing we deal with architectural design. There's there's way you deal with leverage when you think about architectural design. And a lot of people don't even think about that. It's insane to me that they yeah. don't, but they don't. And whenever we we talk about, you know, we talked about on the last show some of the implications of like if China ends up taking over Taiwan and what they will gain from the, you know, chip manufacturing capabilities, TSMC, they're 75% of the market. That's a really big deal. This is why, you know, as an American, I'm not stating anyone in the other 159 countries that listen to us should agree with this or, or want well, any of these things to happen. But I'm China just pointing out that as an American. Own, China would say they already own Taiwan. Yeah, yeah. I know. They're crazy. Hmm. But, but, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, this is a great question to ask that he's going and making these secret, in, uh, I almost said ingredients, agreements uh, <laughs> with, with a country that our U.S., um, diplomatic uh, group is boycotting the Beijing Olympics right in the winter uh, for 2022 yep. um, because of things that Tim might actually be, or I'm not going to say just Tim, uh, but Apple might be, uh, might be part of. And, and, right? and I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, he's doing this in secret because he knows it's a bad look. Oh, for sure. And you know, there's Ooh. a pretty clear guiding light there. In my opinion, Tyler, what's that's, that you? That's my struggle. I don't like it, but yeah. I mean, from a business perspective, I mean, I completely understand it. Obviously, it was hugely successful. Uh, you know that the number one selling smartphone in China is no small feat nor no small reward. So it's it's massive. I think it's it's disappointing um, because 
of all the stuff we talk about so often, which is their their brand is just so on point most of the time. But I think underneath the covers, it's they're just a giant corporation doing. A they're just a company. Shareholders. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's they're, sure. they're, it, it's you know we've touched on this a lot, but it's. I'll go right back to the way I feel about hero worship in general. Like, be really, really careful where you, you know, stack your chips in that regard. One hundred percent. Because at the end of the day, you get to see what they want you to see, and what they want you to see is what they think is going to make you happy and make you more likely to purchase things. And yep. when you start to put everything in that context, it, it can feel dirty. But just remember that that's literally their job. Like, they exist to get you to buy stuff and get other people to buy their stuff. And and they aren't altruistic naturally. They are commercial and capitalistic in that regard. So I, I don't And that's okay. I, it's that is okay. Exactly. No, no, no. Yes. Exactly. But it's it's not it's not a immoral or an ethical question. Like I I feel like because there's so much information available now than there used to be in general. And it moves so fast. The velocity of information moving around it it is inevitable that we will learn more about companies like apple than we might have otherwise like name 10 other com- com- companies that you didn't think were doing business directly with china that are doing business directly with china you probably struggled to do it but i'll bet if we dug you'd you'd find out that it's a lot right it might not yep. be surprising that google has a similar deal because it is critically important for global corporations to grow that way they don't make it public, even though that could arguably be good for the like the bottom line. Think think about think about most companies making a hundred billion dollar like cooperative agreement with one of the largest countries from a population perspective in the world. One might argue that that actually is a good look. The I would fact agree. that it was quiet is that they know it's not a good look. Yeah. Now. Yep. Five years later, it's out, but it doesn't matter anymore be, as much, right? Because they're the number one smartphone seller in China now. So whatever well, backlash they get from the rest of the world is irrelevant because the, the target has been met, which is sell more stuff. Yeah. And there's weird things leaking out about it that you just wonder how much more is, is kind of under the covers. I don't know if you saw the thing I retweeted from Casey Newton, but on Apple Maps, land masses are whatever size the Chinese government says they are, right? <laughs> Like you just want to talk yeah. about, uh, you know, completely insane. And there, I guess there's a, there's a territorial dispute between China and Japan over some islands. Um, and China wanted them to appear larger uh, than some other islands that Japan owns or something like that. When you zoom out, it's it, like, it's just the goofiest, I'm like telling you. most asinine thing. And the Chinese regulators were threatening to withhold approval of the first Apple Watch. This was back in 2015. If Apple didn't comply with the request, and you know, and then I was like, oh, okay, fine, right? And then you can go look at the, these islands in Apple Maps versus Google Maps, and they're larger. Like even if, you know, you zoom out, it's kind of it's so dumb. And it's stuff like this. You know, when we talk about the uh, the scanning for horrible, horrible images on the phone, right? We talk all the time about the ability to do something versus the, you know, the policy not to do it. And if you have a policy not to do something, you can always choose to do whatever the thing is that a government asks you to do. And that's the, that's the thing about, you know, the privacy aspects of Apple and the people, you know, the second most thing said about Apple products outside of it just works is that I trust Apple. And, you know, the big thing about, I think, was it CSAM? Is that what they call it for the scanning and everything else? The big thing there is not about, because, you know, Apple says they won't do these things if people come to them. It's that if you have the ability to do it and people know you can, you may be forced to one way or another through some other lever. And it doesn't matter how much you trust Apple because incidents like this prove that they're going to act in their own best interest as they probably right. should in most instances when right. it comes up. So the whole, I trust Apple or I trust any of these entities yes. is something you have to, I think Tyler said it best. You got to be really careful with because they're, you know, they're not in it for you. They're just not. No. 
They're not and, friends. And you got to think about they're that. Not, they're not looking out for yeah. your privacy unless there's upside for them. It, it's the same stuff that we talked about with the... Uh, you know the concept of um, you know app tracking in in Apple's ecosystem. It, that was that was really not about your data not getting out. It was, it was not about your data not getting out beyond their walls. They they want it to be uniquely valuable to them, and that is a good business and financial decision. But yep. that doesn't mean your private data is any more yours. It just means that it's in one sandbox instead of many. Which yeah, maybe that's a good thing. But it doesn't make them good guys. <laughs> And well, it's okay to make decisions on based on that, but it, it, it's just you can't you can't lean in on that as as like a part of your identity, which I feel like uh, some people just genuinely do that I've dealt with over the years. And I'm not saying it's the people we interact with day to day. I'm just saying that there are a significant amount of people that have made my conversations about topics like this different because you know, just I'll just use the word, it, there's a lot of ignorance, both technically as well as the realities of the world we live in. And sure. that stuff is dangerous. I mean, it just makes you wonder what Apple is standing on or standing for uh, whenever they create this kind of fractured internet experience, right? So I mentioned those islands, the, I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's D-I-A-O-Y-U islands. Whenever you view those islands in Apple Maps inside mainland China, they appear much larger which is funny to me, right? And then there, I found on Twitter, this is nothing new, right? In, in November of 2019, Apple met Russia's demands to show Crimea as part of Russia for yep. Russian Apple Map users. I remember that. Yeah, and elsewhere on Apple Maps, Crimea isn't shown as part of any country. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy, and it sets precedent. Other countries see this yep. behavior. They will go make demands as well. Whether or not they have the leverage to get it out of them, That's who knows? Point. You you That's never know the you never know the levers that are going to be pulled. If they have a large no, enough well, market, and, and, they can they can yeah, paint any picture they want, whether it's correct. true or not. Hundred percent. Yes, exactly. But it, it's also it's in in corporations' best interests to deal with countries that way. I, I think it's funny to me that Americans, in particular, because I well, man, most of this is probably just you know the bias from the fact that most of the people I interact with end up being American, but this this idea that Google would do what China asked them to do or that uh, Apple would do what Russia asked them to do with with a particular application in certain contexts, you know, we'll, we'll paint it in a certain light, um, whether that's political media or, or just we've decided that we have some sort of moral authority to decide what's right or wrong somewhere else, right? Right. We'll look at that and we'll say they're, they're doing it wrong because they're on the wrong ethical side of this, moral side of this, whatever it is. But then we have laws and regulations that we impose on companies in the United States too. They don't seem on the surface to be as, uh, what I can't even think of the right word, but, but like we're not asking, or at least we're not aware of us asking Google Maps to change the size of a landmass for users within the United States because it seems kind of odd. Right? Like why, why? Why would you even bother right. doing that? But but the point is, like we get all in this a kerfluffle over a foreign entity doing this, and we get even more upset when quote the big corporation yields to the country, but it it's literally law in some cases. And even if it's yep. not law, the financial ramifications of ignoring China's ruling body is a bad idea. <laughs> Like, like those can be substantial. So, what, like, what do we expect? Do we expect Google to make a stand if if it's not in their financial best interest? No. Sometimes we get lucky. Sometimes it is in their financial best interest to play the right card. What didn't this this happened with some some of the firewall requests? If I if I remember correctly, that China was making of Google, and then. Google basically said, well, if you're going to impose that, then we're not going to do business in your country. But they were basically in a position where they weren't allowed to do business in China anyways. So it's really easy for them to get out there and get some goodwill points from the rest of the world by saying, I'm standing up to China. But really, they were painted into a corner and, and they just stood there saying, check me out. I'm on the good corner. <laughs> right? Yeah, ab so, absolutely. And this is not about challenging the rule of business or law. This is about the fact that I, I'll use my mother as an example again. When she recently bought an iPhone, told me that she bought it because 
Google tracks you. And then she showed me an article on her Chromebook. All right. That's, <laughs> you know, this About woman. Apple security? Yes. This woman is extremely political. My mother is. And anything to do with China will set her off in a way that you could never believe. Let's get her on the show. So interesting. Right on the show, Rob. And, so interesting. And she, this is, this is the type of thing that she believes Apple would never do. Like that was part of her argument. She was like, Apple fights for its users and for America. Those are words from her mouth. And she is an average user. This what, is a type, what, and this is this is a normal interaction for people who sort of fall in love with Apple's products and ecosystem for me that aren't like in our tight inner circle of technologists that, you know, have a really good idea of how all of this stuff works. You know, this isn't that that you know, Tim's and John's of the world. This is this is just the normal people who decide to give their opinion to me on technology whenever they find out I have an Android phone or whenever I use a Windows computer because I play games all the time and it's better for doing that. Like this is that those people that I run into in the wild. And I will tell you, I've dealt with for just a long time because it just sort of comes to me for whatever reason. I'm a magnet for it. And well, too, it's crazy. Two quick comments on this. First of all, it reminds me of that meme of the, the guy sweating that's wearing like the red suit or whatever. And he's got to press one of two buttons and one of them is reality. And the other one is quarterly earnings. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just picture this in my mind. Like I haven't seen that, but I just picture it. Uh, and then the other side of it is I found a guy in here talking about he used to work for Encyclopedia Britannica. You remember those? You remember like I before do. the yeah. internet? Yeah. Apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> none of this I is could, new. We couldn't afford those. So I used to hang out right. with people that, so that I could read. For those, for those young bloods <laughs> that listen, um, <laughs> we used to have commercials about <laughs> buying encyclopedias. Y'all remember that? <laughs> yes. There was like deals where you could get it in like, Eight installments of eighty nine dollars or something right. like that. Yeah. There's, a friend, there's a Friends episode about this where Joey yeah. buys one book because he can't afford any others, and then he starts just <laughs> using big words <laughs> wrongly in 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 all of his conversations moving forward. Oh, oh man. Geez. Okay, so I feel like I need to make that meme, or somebody should go make that meme. Um, and then also like realize too, I'm not just yelling at Apple, but Apple's the most recent one to to come to light on this. Uh, yeah. So it, it, the issue now, look, here's the thing, my personal <sighs> opinion, I don't like what Tim did, but to kind of put a bow no. on this thing, this isn't about what Tim did. This is about the image that Apple puts out, which by the way, good for them. They should be putting that out, but for the attachment rate that they get on this, that people, I think, uh, Tyler, you said hero worship. I like the term mm. that people latch on to, and go into this hero worship mode. And then they like, this is the type of thing that they're like, well, you know, Google would do that, but Apple never would. It's like, no, it's like, they'll both do it. Yeah. <laughs> it's nobody. Should know, assume if, they, any... if they can, they yeah. will do it. And that's, that's the reality of the world we live in. That's not the quarterly earnings of the world we live in sort of thing to, yeah, right. to go back to your crazy. Opinion. All crazy. right. What else we got? Oh my gosh, I can't. Like, I don't even want to start unpacking this one. Twitter is testing turning its in-app explore page into a TikTok-like feed with for you and trending tabs, and similar experiments from Netflix, Spotify, and Reddit. No, that's good. I like Twitter, so everything they do is good. What? <laughs> They're Nothing. The best. Really? Get it? Because <laughs> I, you know, I just I wanted to try it with Twitter. No one even understands it when I say it with Twitter. They're like, no one likes Twitter it. that much. All right, no one I'll likes Twitter go. that much. I mean, I'll, <laughs> let it, I'll let it go. I use it a lot, but I don't like. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of a lot of qualms I have with with what's going on. But the uh, new, like DMs uh, and how terrible they are. Yeah. Well, actually, they just acquired a new company. Uh, what is it called? Like Quilt or something? No, I can't remember. But did you basically they to they're trying to? Yeah, I think so. They're trying to. So basically, they were making a Slack competitor. And Twitter just acquired them to help make their DMs better. So Twitter is going to eventually have some sort of DM-like thing that kind of acts like Slack. There you go. So, And the new Smart product move. management lead is uh, all about speed. Uh, so this, this recently kind of like throw whatever against the wall, whatever wet noodle that they're thinking about from a product management standpoint and see what sticks, uh, feels like we're going to see a lot more of that. Hmm. So. Hmm. 
Yep. Do you yep, hear about yep. Verizon? Uh, no. What they doing bad things? Well, Verizon uh, did some stuff where they uh, they override users' opt out preferences in a push to collect browser history. Get out. Uh, You want to talk about bad looks? This is a this is a pretty bad look. That's a bad look. Yeah. Somebody an option and then rob them of it. (laughs) Yeah. So it says Verizon overrides users' opt out preferences in push to collect browsing history. I mean, it's just (laughs) you know. I mean, this is just another, you know, instance where collecting data is the most important thing for technology companies right now. It's, it's just more important than anything. And that includes all tech companies. And, uh, you know, it, it overrides uh, these opt-out preferences. It, it's just amazing to me this. You know, it's funny. You know, they uh, Apple's ad tracking transparency obviously blocks a lot of, like, the cross um, talk between, between the applications, mm-hmm. right, if you opt into it. Uh, I saw DuckDuckGo is releasing uh, their application already does some sort of uh, global blocking within Android, even if you don't use their browser. Uh, and, and you can manipulate stuff like this with an Android. You can have uh, applications that co- sort of have global access. And so they're actually building a ability to do, to block trackers globally within, within Android. I mean, it would, it would even block Google in, in instances off of Android. And so, it's uh, it's an interesting thing to see them building up something like this. So just you know, obviously, I know that you know at, at least half, if not sixty percent of our users on iPhones, you know, opt into your uh, app tracking transparency to help with probably some things like what Verizon's doing. But on the Android side, you'll have DuckDuckGo to be able to do this, maybe even even a, a broader level uh, here in the coming next next few months. But it's just this is such a shady thing. And I'm a Verizon customer, by the way. Um, I use Verizon and it's just uh, what's interesting is, is I, I bought the it's, it's like the unlocked version. You know, I didn't buy my phone from Verizon, but even still, once the SIM cards in there, like they'll push applications, you know, into yeah. the into the device. And those applications will then start collecting data, obviously. So it's just, a, you know, it's amazing. You provide this option and then you ultimately override it. And in in, in, in when you're doing that, whenever a customer didn't even choose to install the application to begin with. I mean, it's just like bad look after bad look after bad look. So if you want to avoid some of this stuff, you know, maybe there's starting to be some some more options, which is most certainly an influence from Apple, which is a good thing, I think, you know, for the overarching view of this. But it's uh, bad form Verizon on yeah. providing an option bad form and all just not place. letting it happen. Yeah. It's all bad. Did we like, talk about the we, Life 360 thing? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. No, no, no. We haven't yet. But what I was going to say, because it's in line, and then, yeah, jump into that would be good. Um, I, I'm, I'm fairly aggressive, I think, even, even amongst us three about blocking ads and blocking tracking and things like that. So yeah. like some of the feature functionality that Russ was talking about with uh, DuckDuckGo, it sounds like they're doing some uh, more, more broad sort of app tracking blocking stuff. I've been using AdGuard for a couple of years now. Actually, my brother turned me on to it. And uh, AdGuard has a, a sideload um, app, so just an APK that you can drop into Android that you get directly from AdGuard site right um what they have in the like the google play marketplace is not the same capability set and that app lets me do granular controls on apps and what they can access and when they can access it you can push it through a local vpn and things like that but one of the things that i really like about adguard and and its ability to um, block stuff is that one of one of the capabilities that you have is actually completely restricting all access an application has when the screen's off. So for instance, you can go in and you can tell Twitter or, or uh, Reddit or you know one of those apps that gets loaded from your, uh, your provider, for instance, and you can just strip it of all of its communication or you can forward it to like a DNS black hole, which of course DNS isn't going to stop everything. But, but if, you, if you completely cut it off from a connectivity perspective, unless you're in it, even beyond what you can do in Android out of the box, which is a capability, right? Like you have to tell apps that they're allowed to use uh, services and, and like Wi-Fi, for instance, when they're when they're not on, for instance, or when you're not mm-hmm. actively using them. But um, it's it's kind of obnoxious that you have to have all of these things. And so I guess what I was kind of getting at: one, those things have been around for a while, but the layers of protection. So I use AdGuard, but when I'm at home, I also have a pie hole. And the number of things that my pie hole blocks that AdGuard lets through on my phone is still impressive. It's kind yeah. of crazy. 
it's yeah. it's remarkable and it's it's funny you mentioned the uh, the capability of doing the localized vpn that's how that's how uh DuckDuckGo will do it as well, but that's been a feat. Mm-hmm. That's been a thing in Android for ten yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can point a, it there, right? You just need yeah, apps that it, give you granular app level control are, are yeah. becoming more common. Yeah, that's that's something I've used many times um, for for control within the OS and Android is is the localized VPN function. What's interesting, you mentioned how many things get through. So I have Firewalla Gold on my on my network, hmm. and I have a, just an incredibly like aggressive blocking strategy and over the last 24 hours of 1.845 million almost four six million uh flows network flows so these are just things uh pinging through the network or externally to it you know from various devices all around i have blocked through firewall of gold 93 percent of these going through and nothing in my house is broken. Not a single service has stopped nice. working. Like that's that's the amount of stuff going on in your network that, that this type of level granularity can. Yeah, it's just it's just crazy when you when you actually see that you know at that level uh, being blocked and, and everything that be done. And, and you know leveraging localized VPN services or even VPN on your own network allows even more granular control over that. So it's a uh, it's an interesting thing to see. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff going out there it's, and it's not just on your phone gold? is that we said so it's 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 its own firewall it's, it's firewall it yeah firewall gold. gold yeah i was just it looking does, it up About yeah it does routing bucks. yep yep that's the one um it does routing Ooh. and it does all of the the granular fireprint so so i can you know i can separate things like for instance i have you know the cameras and stuff for like the the cameras for inside of my house they're all isolated you know on their own network they're protected separately i have i have a lot of different settings i can do with inside of that and it does the global network you know uh, ad reduction they have a couple different you know, settings that you can enable i mean there's a lot of stuff inside of it and uh, i've been a real big fan of it so i actually do that for my wired network and security settings and then i use eero for wi-fi in bridge mode so all of the you know routing intelligence comes from firewall of gold and is controlled at that level and then I just use Eero for Wi-Fi functionality only. It doesn't do any routing. That's kind of my setup here in the house. It works really well. It's a it's a good combo. Okay, I'm gonna need y'all to get angry again. Life 360. Uh, let's talk about that. They own Tile. I'm upset. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, this report landed, I guess, less than a month after Life 360 bought Tile. But a basic, basically, they are taking all of that GPS data selling it to approximately a dozen data brokers who then sell that data to virtually anyone who wants to buy it. And then the <laughs> problem is this data, it's not obfuscated in any way. It's not aggregated. It's not, you know, fuzzed out. If you try to zoom into locations, uh, what they discovered is basically if you know somebody that has the service, you can just look up where they are whenever you go pay a fee through one of these this data is- brokers. So it's I know the answer. I know the answer to my own question, unreal. but I'm going to ask it anyways, just because I, I just I want to be mad. Uh, the whatever happened to business here, models right? where you sold some stuff and you made some money? <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you sell <laughs> products, use people. Yeah, like what happened to that world? Or, <laughs> it's yeah. just. And this is here's the thing. I understand internet products, digital products that you receive for free doing that. You buy tile. Like, are you not Are you not making money off of the sale of the product? And if you're not, by the way, that's a bad business model. Like just 30? when you sell something, make money off of it. It's okay. Well, and every, like, everyone's looking for new crazy. revenue streams. I, am, yeah, it's his thing, is I, I know. I know the so answer valuable. to it. Yeah, data is so valuable. It's, so there's that massive temptation to just... Just a little bit of white collar crime, you know. It's not going to hurt anybody. Boom, seven years in jail. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it's crazy. They they want annual and monthly recurring revenue. That's what every company wants. Yeah. It's 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 and it's because it's driven from the desire from the street. This is more valuable than a healthy bottom line and getting three X EBITDA on something. Like it's just thirty you want monthly and annual recurring revenue. Period. It's what they want. Thirty million monthly yeah. active users. They've been selling data That's on. That's insane. Thirty million. It's ten percent. sold of the US thirty population. million of these such, things. Such yeah, such incredible. They're global. data too. Yeah, and they're global. It's not just. Uh, it's not well. They're global except for China. 
for some weird reason. I don't know why they don't because they couldn't make a deal, bro. China is China. You're playing make a deal. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's why they're not doing it. Yeah. We just, we just need to do better. You know, that's, I don't think there's a, we here. Well, I mean, there's a, they, I don't know. (laughs) You, You know, I just, you never, I, you never know. I'm not collecting user data uh, and selling it. I'm not making. I have data China. on you guys that I'm just saving to sell to the right buyer. You know, that's I fine. Just, yeah, so. actually, you know, that's a good Reach point. Out to I, I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. If somebody reaches out and wants to give me money and like a lot of it for other people's personal data, I might do it. I don't look know. if China calls. Like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm pulling it. a Tim. You know, I just here's <laughs> the deal. If that happens, I'm gonna M and M it first, and I'm just gonna release the data myself. Oh, and that's what's nothing. up. Yep. I, you okay, want to so tell the most you after I sell it, M&M. just FYI. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cancel Russ, Tyler you? on Twitter. Russ, was it you telling me the other day you were in like a you were in an employee all hands or something and you're introducing yeah. yourself or something and, and somebody is like, say a fun fact, like who's your favorite music artist? And you're like Eminem. <laughs> it's just like shut the call and move down. On to the next thing. Shut just, the call just, down. It, it just, it just, uh, yeah, that that definitely landed. I think in people's minds forever. I don't think they saw it coming, but it's the truth, <sighs> you know. You know, Marshall. Hey, if you want to come on and talk to the company, we'll see what we can do and set it up. I think. Yeah, I think it'll we'll work get you some of that mom spaghetti. Okay, uh, what is this one? Somebody dropped something. Tyler, I like did. You dropped a thing from IGN it, about game developers accusing real life manufacturer of stealing its gun designs. What is this? This is a great article that just popped what? up in my Google feed. And obviously, I, I have been doing the right things with the very few articles that I click on in my Google feed because it's getting better all the time. Way to go, Google. Good algorithm. Shocker. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, this um, oh, game this studio, uh, Ward B, uh, apparently, they they when they were developing their games um, in Oceania, I think is the... Oceanic is is Oceanic, the name yeah. of I guess their their flagship uh, game, if not the only one. Uh, they they put special attention into gun design for the game. So the skins on the guns are unique; they are yep. special, and they have they have focused so tightly on it to make it as realistic as possible that they will actually scrap guns in the game that they don't think could work in real life. So, so they have they have really designed like an actual firearm, at least in in uh, looks, right? So, so dimensionally accurate, and apparently, a Russian um, gun manufacturer, Kalashnikov Concern, um, was the one that that was listed in here. Reached out to them and basically said, "Hey." we'd like to license your gun design and make guns, like actually make them. And of course, they were super excited because they cared about this before they even got into it. I don't think they'd considered, I think it even says that in the article, they hadn't really considered going down that path and expecting to license it. Right. They got all excited. They got all spun up. They were they were really pumped about it. And then the, the company just went dark. And like six months later, they saw their gun in the real world. <laughs> On the market. Then... Then they saw their gun being sold, the IP to produce it being sold from this Russian company to other companies to produce what? like it was their IP. To, to and then it happened games, again. It like. And they were selling, yeah, yeah, other video games too. Then they were selling the, uh, like a, a conversion kit for an existing gun to make it look more like guns that they had oh developed in the game. God. And like the whole story is just completely absurd to me that, that you went from this meta space into the real world but then it was all ip theft on top of that and it just like there's gonna be so much more of this in in the near future <laughs> that it was a really fun story to read i feel bad for them obviously that sucks but it's also absolutely fascinating to me that they they created this in-game artifact that was so compelling that it was stolen in the real world and then sold as IP externally. Like it, it's just a fascinating story to me. I mean, this is the type of thing that makes it where we can't have nice things because like people make <laughs> so you know, with 3d printers and stuff, stuff from <laughs> games all the time. And now there's going to be verbiage in the game or whatever else. That's like, they're going to have, they're going to have rules around like what can be done now you know, with That's taking so virtual items and turning them into real things. And it's because of people in Russia doing stuff like this. So stop it. Yeah. You have the K98. And, and, 
one of the greatest weapons of all time. Just be okay with that. You know, it's fine. And and just like I, I do recommend anybody that's listening and finds this even remotely interesting, like go get the article. Uh, you know, we'll we'll blast that out on Twitter and look at the oceanic, you know, renders of these weapons and then the literal advertised guns from this Russian site. Like it is so obviously ripped off, it's insane. Every little detail is something that they produced in in the actual, you know, weapons or or that they sold to other games and stuff like that. Like it's 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 I don't know. I mean, it reminds me job. of the, would you download a car? It's like, yep, yep. <laughs> they will download literally everything. <laughs> hey, did you see the, uh, I think both y'all played Halo Infinite. Have you heard of Halo? You guys heard of that? I have. Game? I've heard of it. I haven't played it, but I've heard of it. Never. Apparently the open world, I don't know. I've just played the multiplayer thing. Is there an open world aspect of Halo Infinite? That so there is, a, there is a, there's a campaign. There's a campaign that released four hours ago. And the campaign... Oh is is an open world campaign however so here's here's something that's important halo which of course i've never heard of and never played is is traditionally or i happen to know these things yeah (laughs) halo is uh a game that traditionally has a story campaign that is exceptionally linear and they like this is and that's that's how they're built and this they're incredible and this is a good thing like linear halo campaigns are a good thing so what they have done is they've kept a linear story that you can still play linearly, but it is in an open world. So you mm. can go explore other areas of the world because Halo has always had these big, vast scenes from mm-hmm. what I hear from other people who have played it because I've never heard of it. I've never played it. <laughs> but they, they have these big, vast scenes that you can always sort of see, but you can never go to in all yeah. the other games. Right. You can go to them in oh, this one cool. now that's and like cool. find stuff. So that's, that's how they that's, blend the open world. That's pretty epic too. Here's because the news. Halo for a first-person yeah, shooter that wasn't as open-world as other games was pretty open already. Now, obviously, it was locked down. Right. Like you said, you could see these things off in the the distance, and you know maybe they'd show up at a later level in the game or something like that. But Halo, Halo was pretty big. I remember playing Halo Two. Uh, no, I mean hearing about people playing Halo Two, and and just the maps were huge. The levels were were massive. So making it open right. and still keeping it campaign is I, I it's interesting. It'll be neat to see how they execute it. I don't know if you could hear those notifications. My uh, my Alexa show keeps telling me that um, more delayed shipment notifications. <laughs> I couldn't hear AWS them, that's outage. wonderful. Uh, so the news here is that apparently this open world experience was the size of of uh, the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild originally, and now they've cut they've reduced it by two thirds. Oh, can you imagine that? <laughs> originally I don't know if played now, yeah. That, that was uh, yeah, I mean that game map. is the game is massive. I mean, I haven't even. Yeah, I think well. you know some people put seventy hours into that to finish it, which you know, admittedly, is not a lot of time in a singular game for me. I've over fifteen thousand hours in Counter Strike, um, but that is uh, that is also you know that's over twenty one years. Like it's and it's sure. it's very different these days. The majority of those happened uh, pre three years ago. My daughter just turned three. For anyone who's wondering why that number is important, so the <laughs> the. I can see how that's disappointing to people. It doesn't matter that much to me because I'm more interested in the linear side of it. But man, that scale is crazy. They developed they developed Halo for or Halo Infinite for six years, which yes. is you know it's that's coming out now. Well beyond they made normal. this decision. Yeah, they made this decision back in the summer of 2019. But the news yeah, is just now, I guess, coming out about it. So yeah, uh, well, that's I'm that's sure people are disappointed by it. But I'm looking forward to it. You know, the downside is. Uh, there's no co-op yet. It's not going to release for like six months. Yeah. That's a big thing for, for Halo. Yeah, that's I will I say, I like for. to play this story solo first because when you play co-op sure. with people, everyone likes to pretend like they don't care about the story, even though everyone does care about it and they just won't <laughs> sit around and listen to it. So I, I like to play it first by myself. and then. But I love to... I mean, Halo co-op is you know it's classic it's it's something that everyone that's played the franchise has probably so done at some long point as in time. you're still allowed to punch your friends in the back and have them die instantly uh, <laughs> our yes. our games in co-op playing. would regularly <laughs> devolve like, into that no that i didn't usually start it but it was great the fact that friendly fire was always on was just fantastic well, and friendly and fire is on and ranked so, we got to, you know, <laughs> we got to start wrapping this up. But there's a few other things I want to sh- uh, show y'all or throw at you. Do you want to take a stab? So the final numbers for, well, not the final numbers. There's still some more days left in in 2021. But so far, do you want to guess how much money has been spent 
in apps for 2021? Actually, let oh me clarify. Gosh. Is this buying I don't know apps if I have or in apps? In apps? Oh no, this is buying apps, not not the not the money that you would then spend in the app. Purchasing apps. Purchasing apps. <laughs> 2021. Oh, I don't have no, no point of I, I'm going to say billions. 1 trillion. It's 20% sure. more than in 2020. It's a it's it's 133 billion dollars on apps. No, I, I said hundreds of billions, but I was Is this is this just like that, so. Is this all platforms? Yeah. Or is this Android yes. and iOS yep, Google Play. Yep, correct. 133 billion dollars. I mean, that's it's money. That's, that's more money than I have. That's for sure. So yeah, it breaks down to eighty-five billion in app in the Apple App Store and forty-eight billion in Google Play. That's, you so know, I mean, Google yeah, Play was that's up why they have those policies, man. Lots of money. Yeah, Google Play was up twenty-three and a half percent. Apple App Store was up seventeen point seven percent. What's more okay. amazing is that this tr- this is probably trounced by in-game transactions. Oh, for sure. For like <clears throat> microtransactions, you know, on the same platforms. Yeah, like for just, sure absolutely dwarfs Hands that down. number i'm sure yeah hands down and we won't get into this one but i just want to draw your attention to it um the, the stuff is leaking out about the first apple um ar vr augmented reality virtual reality Ooh. headset it's going to weigh about 350 grams and apparently they're grams. already working on a lighter second gen model uh, already in development so it just looks like some um some goggles that you put on like uh mm. Like um, in science class or something like that, and kind of like uh, magic leaps. Cool. Yeah, also expected yeah. to start at about a thousand dollars. Man, I I, I gotta mean, tell y'all though, I am I am unreasonably excited about that AR game. Hmm? Sorry, I don't want to be confusing that, people. There's no, there's not AR a game. game. I just mean the the world of AR. Sorry. Oh, okay. Oh, like, AR is cool. Is there something? Yeah, I was like, what are you yeah. talking about? No, I just, <laughs> I, 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 sorry. That's just some of my uh, weird verbiage of word. I, I am also interested to uh, to sort of see what comes from the AR side of things. I, I'm so really, I mean, I'm interested to see how they participate in VR. I mean, obviously, I think there's a big opportunity there for them. But yeah. AR is, AR is just kind of an area that's sort of, I don't know. It's very underdeveloped. I mean, I've never, yes. you know, outside of like playing Pokemon Go or whatever, like that's the most AR I've ever seen. So. But I think it has more potential than VR. I think AR, and that's in my mind, or my my very unprofessional opinion. I think AR has a lot more potential than VR. I think that I probably shared that opinion maybe a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I share that opinion anymore. Uh, okay. I think that there's a market opportunity for VR that has opened up maybe because of the pandemic that uh, probably gives it more. I mean, it's definitely going to be both, but I think that, I don't know, if I had to bet on one, I think I'd bet on VR. Do you think that's just because gaming? No, I'm saying augmenting your real life. No, no, I get, I get your data. point. I was asking Russ, is, oh, I'm is, sorry. Yeah, are no, you no. saying that the gaming side of VR is going to be so much bigger than the gaming side of AR that it's going to overtake the what I would argue is a broader use case for gaming and non-gaming? In, well, the, the gaming yeah. aspect for sure is going to be VR. That will win hands down, guaranteed. I'll, I'll put a hundy on that. The, but I think it's actually because I expanded my belief that there's more use cases outside of gaming. And I don't think I ever really truly felt that that was the case. I think that there are markets of you know professional use for VR that will probably be a thing. And I think the metaverse will be more impactful in VR than it will be in AR. And so I think that that's going to be a big thing. Here's my thing about, here's my original argument for AR being a bigger market. If you think about your phone, your phone is not a destination. Your phone is a thing that you take with you to a destination. And so it's with you all the time. That's why it's a major market. And AR has the, the possibility of being the next thing that you take with you to a destination. And I think that the take with you to a destination, not a destination in and of itself, is a massive market. But I, in, in the last year or two, I've sort of decided to myself that the smartphone is so big because it really kind of supplanted a lot of things that you take with you to a destination in order to coalesce them into one. 
I do not believe AR has that same opportunity to do that to the smartphone. And so because of that, I think that the market that I thought once was there for AR is maybe not as much there to be that thing that is, you know, you take with you to the destination. VR is a destination, which is usually a smaller market than the thing with that you have with you on the time. But if the cell phone takes over the market or keeps the market that you keep with you all the time, for the most part, that chews into AR. And then we have a whole new thing in the metaverse world that VR, I believe, will be the best way to experience. And I think it will drive a lot of it. So that's where my opinion has sort of shifted over term, I, I, over the time. I think that the the smartphone will maintain its dominance, and that will affect AR. And I think the metaverse will be experienced in AR and VR and on your phone and on your computer. But I think VR will be the way that it is most best experienced, and that's an explosive vector for it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's my true. Thought. Yeah. You know, I could be I wrong. Just, I've been wrong before. It'll happen again one day, probably in like 20 minutes. Who knows? But, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I'm just, uh, I am, I'm amazed just thinking through all the possibilities of how we can leverage AR. It's endless in my mind. I think, it's I think both cool. have an unbelievable amount of potential to do some just really cool stuff, family yeah. friendly show. Well, so I guess just kind of coming back to this, it looks like they're going to debut it in 2022. It feels like production or, um, yeah, production will probably happen closer to the end of 2022. You can expect to get one in 2023, second generation planned for 2024. So there's your timeline on it. All right. How are we on time? Do we need to shut this sucker down? Uh, we're at least an hour into this. Yeah. Probably an hour. I got any, five. You got any other emergency uh, breaking news we got to drop? Or do you wanna- I mean, I can, I can just list something. Um, there was a USC's a record of one billion dollars of Bitcoin a year ago, and the value has now tripled in that time frame. So I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they've done with it, but uh, you know, they're they're sitting pretty. Uh, there was a health leak. Over forty million people had their health information leaked in this past year, just over the various course of different leaks. I so we decided pretty, we weren't going to talk about leaks anymore. Pretty big number. Uh, no, we're we're, we're, we're we're always going to do it. We're Bitcoin. <laughs> Dude, so that even, half the news would go away if we stopped talking about leaks. Yeah, or Bitcoin. Um, so <laughs> actually, for just some some uh, episode facts, I just saw that the episode we held on Ethereum Classic with um, with Steve Loha, is that right? Am I saying yeah. his name right? It just took the top spot in our top episodes. Whoa. Oh, weren't we going to get him back on or someone from the organization? Yes, we were. Yeah. We were. But this isn't my primary job, and so I just failed. And yeah, never... we might have might have let some follow up slip. We'll get it figured out. We need to forgive us. Yeah. we have we have two big follow ups. I think we need to make. Tyler's probably thinking yep. of another one right now. Yeah, we've got yep. Airspeeder. We got to bring back That's on too. That's the one. Oh, is that the one? Okay, okay circle yep. back. That was the that was the other one I was thinking of. Yeah, they got some cool stuff going. Okay. Yeah, All right, shut her down. Great show All today, right, fellas. that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. This is a fun one, a long one, and it's fun to get all back together again because I feel like we've been missing one or the other for a while now. So, yay, Dream Team, killing it. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Ciao. Later. We're basically the bulls in the 90s. That's, That's kind of what it is. It's <laughs> kind of what it is. I want to be Jordan. Getting them Fine. heifers. I'll be Pippin. I just won't complain and pretend like I'm better than Jordan later in life. And then yeah, I'm not I was gonna say, maybe attention. 20, 25 years later, you'll do actually, it. you know what? Sorry, Cattle I put food ranching in my mouth, is I thought the show was over. Uh, I want to be Dennis Rodman. That dude is inspirational. T Rod. Okay. You go to there North you go. Korea. You heard it here first. Negotiate. Just because he goes hard, you know, 110% effort every play. Go hard in the paint, baby. Love it. Let's roll. Goodbye. <laughs>